God and Other Delicacies has a weekly newsletter. If you'd like to subscribe, email me at godsdelicateshow at gmail.com and I'll put you on the list. Hello, everyone. Welcome to God and Other Delicacies. I'm Nicholas D'Augusto. I was raised a Roman Catholic, and although I was a devout young child, my thoughts on God have grown and changed a lot over the years. And because of that, I love talking to people about what their experience with God has been in their lives from when they were young children to how they're living with the idea of God today. So that's what we're going to be doing on this show. Um, So let's get to it. Today, on what is our inaugural show, uh, I have the privilege of welcoming Rob Kirkovich. Rob is a self-proclaimed schmactor and schmwriter. I can vouch for the actor and writer parts. He's smart, he's funny, he's constantly creating, he's a big action and sci-fi movie buff, and you can currently find him starring in NCIS New Orleans as Sebastian Lund, which means I don't get to see him enough. Mm -hmm. He's a husband, a father, a dear friend. It's an honor to have him on my show. Welcome, Kirk Halls. Hey, buddy. Thank How, you. Oh, it's so good to have you here. I'm excited. Uh, you've brought a stack of books. Yes. Ranging from, what do we have, A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking. Sure. To The Tao Te Ching by Stephen Hawking. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff here, yeah. It's very I mean, inspirational to me. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of this journey. I brought a champagne bottle to smash against this microphone. Oh, for great. For your inaugural, you know, the setting sail of your... I'm sure our producer persona. will appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I also brought another microphone, so we should be fine. Oh, good. That's very nice. Gosh, so prepared and yeah. so generous. Uh, that's uh, what I'm here for. Yeah, man. No, I'm, I'm really excited about it, obviously. I mean, you and I have, have talked about this. I actually uh, called... Kirk was one of the first people I called. He was actually the first person I called mm-hmm. to run by some of the ideas I had. And I started shouting it out to you to see, you know, like how you felt about it. And, yeah. and uh, it was only natural that you were the first one to come in. I'm happy to be a guinea pig. So uh, it's going to open with basically the same two questions every time. Uh, I have a feeling I know what the first the answer to the first one is, which is, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I had a bowl of yogurt. Oh, no, I was wrong. Oh. You actually did get a nice breakfast in. I want to call it a nice breakfast. It was, you know, three scoops of uh, yogurt in a bowl with <laughs> a hastily poured granola on top of it, uh, eaten mostly while standing. So, uh, okay, yeah, right no, on. it was, it was fine. You know, I could probably get some, something after this. <laughs> okay, good. That's where I'm at. Um, all right, buddy. Well, now into the meat of it. Uh, the, the, the most important, uh, opener is this, how and when were you introduced to the idea of God in your life? Um, well, I was, uh, also raised Roman Catholic, uh, by my parents. In what part of the country? Uh, in the Northeast in Massachusetts. Um, and so I don't have a, a specific memory of just when it was sort of introduced other than we were going to church. Um, I can't remember early on if it was just on the holidays or every Sunday, but you know, Christmas would come around, we'd have the manger set up. Um, every, yeah, all, all the major hits, uh, of but there Catholicism. Was, there we was would some question. Oh yeah. Sorry to, there was some question though of whether or not, uh, it was every week or not. Like, so there was well, some so, sense. So we'd go through, yeah, so I don't know if this jumps ahead or whatever. But, no, 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 but there's would, no, there's no jumping ahead. You we would go, go through uh, phases of uh, how devout of a, a Catholic family we were, right? So uh, sometimes it had to do with, like, you know, family tragedy would suddenly kick it off, and suddenly I'm being woken up at, you know, 7 in the morning every Sunday, like, we're going to church. I was like, right. what are you talking about? Like... <laughs> Um, because we're sad. Yeah, yeah. So we have to. We must we have atone. To, we have to prevent further tragedies <laughs> by showing up. Um, 
So, and then there'd be phases where it was just the holidays. Um, and uh, I don't know how, I guess we'll just talk about it. So eventually I fell out of it. Um, yeah, yeah, know, right. Of, I mean, do you want to, you could go wherever you want. I yeah, mean, yeah, I mean, it seems like we're talking, you know, we're, we're talking about it in my childhood. And, uh, you know, I think, I think I definitely had like phases of, you know, I definitely was asking my parents a lot about God and what do we, you know, is he cool? And so stuff you like felt that. comfortable asking them and then were yeah, they pretty yeah. good at like They were pretty good time? at sort of, yeah, they were good improvisers. You know, they would <laughs> come up with stuff uh, to say like, well, he's up there. You know, like we were just talking about like heaven. I remember a lot of, you know, uh, stuff. Can you pick an age range? You know, zero to 10, 12, okay. something like that. Right. So the questions are coming out around 10 or, 10 or 12. Yeah, yeah, I would eight, say. Eight so. to 12. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely was ran through a phase where before bed every night I would say our father, the Hail Mary, I think the act of contrition. Uh, oh wow, that's heavy. You're doing that every night? Yeah. Well, I didn't know what it meant. I mean, I didn't know what any of them meant. They're just like random words that you're, you know, you're I mean, uttering. A... You're basically uttering spells, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so... right, but that's only the spell that you do when you go in and kneal before the priest. Well, in no the one told me that. Booth. Like, you know, they just there were like three. Uh, there were three. Prayers. That I can were still like, say the act of contrition. I think. I mean, the oh funny my thing God, about the I'm heartily sorry for having. Well, that's the thing about the act of contrition, right? Is that like I feel like everyone's got. It's like it's like oh, a yeah, cover band. A lot of Everybody oh, yeah, yeah, has yeah, different. Ver- I feel like Hail Mary and Our Father are pretty locked in. I think Hail Mary might have like one or two separate different words. No, you're right about act that. of contrition is like beat poetry. People just change <laughs> it up constantly. Like, oh God, just I'm so sorry for what I've done and if I've ever wronged you or your family. Yeah, get the hair whip. Um, so anyway, I, uh, so I would say all those every night before bed and then I'd also ask God to bless. And then I would run through like a litany of names that I had that I would say in the exact same order every time. How sweet. So, you know, my parents, my aunts, my, you know, all the, cause I really only have like one blood aunt, everyone else, every other aunt and uncle in my life was just like a friend of the family that oh, was really? just always around. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, cause I was an only child and it was just from Were a small family. Were your parents only children? My dad was. Okay, my mom so this is one, one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would just bust through like everybody, and then finish off with the pets, rounding <laughs> it out with the pets, and it was a nice. God, tempo. you were so caring. Yeah, um, and then even around then, I think I would also before that I would pick up the Bible and I would go to a random chunk and just read it. Right on. Uh, again, most of it made no sense to me. You sure. know, because a lot of that it's a big book. And a lot of the time you're flipping through and you're just getting to the paragraph that's talking about who begat who. Oh, yeah. And you're like, close it and you're like, I guess I really learned something. And everybody that. lived to 160 <laughs> yeah, back then. Yeah. But, and I think in the back of my mind, it was always like, are these heaven points? Did I get some more heaven points? Uh-huh. You know, because I think, unfortunately, look, I, I, I'm not going to begrudge anybody for, for being religious. It's, I am no longer that. I feel like I'm a spiritual person, but I, I don't subscribe to any particular religion. And having dealt with Catholicism, I feel like. In that, in my experience, it just seemed like there was a lot of um, trying to get, trying to work hard for the end result, right? Of like, I just want to make sure I checked off all these things so that God will let me into heaven. Um, And at a certain point, I don't remember when, I think in high school then, just to kind of round out the story, I guess, my evolution. Hey, man, we got time. um, The... By high school, so I went to an all-boys private Catholic high school. Yeah, right. I, we, I, I think I forgot that, although you and I must have talked yeah, about this yeah. before because so, I did the same thing. So it wasn't like I was really a hit with the ladies uh, <laughs> up until eighth grade, uh, but then I just had, there was no opportunities from that point forward. 
Um, but that's why I started doing the plays. Yeah, exactly. That's not yeah. the only reason, but it no, is they because they bust the in, they didn't bust them in. That sounds horrible. But they, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. girls could come from every yeah, other school. Right? Girls' school. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't. Anyway, mean so I, I went from striking out with girls in my public school to striking <laughs> out with girls from other schools. Um, but but yeah, I think around then, um, you know, because what at fifteen you get confirmed. Um, uh, eighth grade like, is confirmation, so I I really? thought it was a little earlier. I thought it, it was, was later like, more for like me. thirteen or fourteen. It was later for me because I still had to go to like um, CCD. Oh, uh, I see. So maybe you had school. a slightly different. Uh, well, you know what? That's interesting because I went to a I went to a Catholic grade school as well. Uh-huh. So we were doing all of that in house all day. I never I had see. to go to CCD because I always went to mass on Wednesdays. Oh, and then I had so I was going to mass twice a week, eee. basically my whole life. That's four <laughs> so hours of like, your. That's four hours of your life. And I went to a Jesuit college. Yeah, right, man. I, I I went to mass for a long, long time. But basically, the the point is, is that what we've discovered here is that you had a slightly later confirmation date. And yes. mine is because I was like in some, I was in a Catholic. I almost wonder if there know, should be structure. like a separate mass for kids. Because at least with Catholicism, it's like, I like those things are an hour long. Yeah. And I guess it depends on the, the priest or whoever. You it know. was, an, I mean, almost always an hour. It's, oh, yeah. Like the first time I ever went to a non Catholic wedding, I had my mind blown. Oh, yeah. Right. I was like, we're done? Yeah, right. I was like that's the that's just the opening remarks. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think like with little kids, it's like you're sitting. Most you know these churches are huge, and there's all this like imagery of Christ being you know uh, crucified. Uh, sure, and you're just sitting there like as a kid, like looking around. The songs are terrible. Yeah, like they're not going to pep you up. It's not like you're right. getting gospel. Occasionally, blown in your you face. W- would walk into like a church where the where the person that ran the the cor- the the choir was like legit sure and they could sing but yes most of the time you didn't have you're that sitting it's volunteers. there you're looking at the 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 weekly pamphlet of the news in right the, in the in the di- the diocese news or whatever right, you're right, like right. Oh, what's going on here and you read that three times <laughs> you look at the ceiling and you imagine what it would be like if it was upside down and you were able to like have a fight on the the cool like that's very specifically you but I love that you didn't do that <laughs> um, so anyway. Like, that's a whole. Were you able issue. to save the congregation, or did the congregation all, often die? Like, how many of the congregation would? No, die it was usually a solo fight. Okay. Um, I don't remember if it was People versus just Satan watched. specifically or just anybody. It was probably <laughs> terrorists because it was the eighties. So right like, hey, so it's got to be terrorists. Um, cool. But anyway, uh, so around like high school, I remember sort of starting to wonder, like maybe, maybe it's a little in, too intense for me, like the whole Catholic thing. So then the the sort of the next logical bump down was like, well, then I'll go to Protestant. Maybe I'll just check out what's going on in the Protestant world. They seem chill. They mm-hmm. seem pretty cool. I think they can have female. It's kind of hit their rebels, pastors right? or whatever, right? You know, yeah. What is it? 99 theses? Yeah, Martin Luther is kind of cool. Uh, was it? I feel like that's the Jay Z song. You might be confusing them. Huh. Uh, but it, it's, but it's it also not doesn't. Theses, it doesn't sound it? like it would be like 92 either. I thought it was. 100. I think is you might be right. Something like. Oh, gosh. Damn. Yeah. Whatever. He tacked him onto the door. And and the point all is, is that they, he was. You know, this was the rebel against you know, right. th- throwing was, off the Roman Catholic Church. So you're actually quite literally throwing off the Catholic I didn't, Church I guess and replacing true. yourself with Protestantism. Is what you're. you're I don't really Martin think Luther's of it as that cool. That, that's a cool way to look at it. Like wanting to be like. A well, rebel. in retrospect, it yeah. was more like it just feels like this is a lot more like they're just more chill. They're just more relaxed about everything. Sure. Um, the less, pastors can marry. Yeah, that was cool. That's a big deal. You know, and women can be pastors. Yeah, that was yeah, that was all I was sort of. I was starting to feel that those a little big, bit. Those big changes. Yeah, like freshman year, so I was like fourteen. I was starting to think about that a little bit. I don't remember if I really brought it up to my parents. I think if I did, I don't think they were. They they didn't. You know, they were like, "How dare you!" You know, they were sort of like whatever. And then by fifteen, which is when the confirmation thing was going down, I basically it became clear. I was like, "I don't, guys. I'm not feeling this." Like I said something like that to my parents, 
And my dad basically said, look, just get confirmed mm. and then do whatever you want. That's that's quite a lot of freedom, actually. A lot of respect, yeah. frankly. I'm pretty know? sure my mother, on the other hand, stuck both fingers in her ears and went, <laughs> la, 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 la. So, because that never registered. Uh, so I basically did that. Like, I got confirmed. I went through the whole thing. Um, and I think I took my dad's name as my confirmation name because there was a St. Oh. Thomas. Uh, I don't remember anything about it. Uh, and then... I just remember... That I was waiting to get done. So yeah. I get so that. then I'm sort of in this in this in this nebulous in between world. I don't really know what where I'm at. And then ironically, at the Catholic boys' school, I have to take a world religions class. Okay. And the right the teacher you got to take theology. Yeah. The teacher, to his credit, basically said, "Look, look, I'm a practicing Catholic. Um, I'm going to walk you through these other religions as if I also believe those. As if like for every un- every section." I will be a follower of Islam. I will be a Buddhist. I will be, you know. So that's very, that's very cool. Yeah. So I was like, well, all right, great. And then, and then that sort of like opened up my entire like world. Because then once once I started hearing that like all these other religions have like really valid things to say about about how to live your life and how to treat others and all this stuff, it suddenly like it was like a, I honestly had a sort of a weird like enlightenment moment in my desk in high school. Like I still wow. think about it. Wow, um, that's cool. And I think we were talking about Buddhism, and there was, I can't remember, of course, what, but there was something about, you know, either the suffering thing or whatever it was, sort of, I was like, oh, my God. And then that pretty much sealed the deal that I was no longer a Catholic in my mind. Um, and now I don't know what I am. But, Did you at the time then uh, think that you were going to, was the answer to, to try to go to a different religion? Like, were you like, well, I wasn't born into any of these cultural practices, but I'll try to read more Buddhist literature or maybe maybe that's a sort philosophy of, did you go through that process a or little did, bit i mean uh, <clears throat> like did you continue yeah reading religious i uh, think at that point i felt like after I, I i and i'm only kind of realizing this now that we're talking about it but i think once i saw that there was all these different options i realized that you didn't even need to marry yourself to any one of them i was right. also a big fan of bruce lee who was talking about jeet kune do and how that's a amalgam of several different martial arts and, and so i was like well, <laughs> if i just do that with a religion uh, <laughs> yeah so right on. You know what I mean? It's just like you find the things that sort of make sense to you, and then uh, and be a good person. You know, I mean I'll, that was the that was the important thing to me. Um, and did I never you, felt the need to like label myself anything else after that. And so, did you, as you uh, met your wife? Mm-hmm. Uh, you dated for a long time, I know, um, before you met her, or yep. before you married. Yeah. Um, and you have a son now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Do you two could talk about you know how like do you is important for you or is it or is it something that doesn't you know kind of pester the either of you it doesn't live in your brain in any sort of pestering way you're very content in trusting each other's sort of just general morals and ethics yeah. because i know you're both beautiful people yeah, but yeah. is there a structural thing that like nags at you guys or, um, or no is it easy that it's gone? i think no i think the only thing that makes this sort of thing about it is is our kid um and making sure it's like well how do we set him on a path where he will hopefully also be a, a good person and better, or maybe a better person than we are. So that's the only thing. We never once thought, like, well, let's put him in a church. But um, trying to figure out how as sort of, I guess, athe- I don't know what we are, atheists kind of, atheist light uh, yeah. adjacent. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How I was reading a book that was uh, um, actually by this writer here. Um, oh, yeah, let's refer to the stack of books. It's, uh, where is her book? 
Um, it's Rebecca Newberger Goldstein I really like, and she mm. wrote this book. I The book I have here is Plato at the Googleplex, but she has another book, and she refers to um, this atheist uh, writer as an atheist with a soul. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, again, it's just the people trying to figure out how to how to walk this line. We don't really have the language at the moment. Uh, it doesn't seem um, to say, okay, well, you know, atheist is this word that we grew up with. I, I don't know, for you, but when I was growing up, which seems a bit more of a... Uh, a devout upbringing in that my father was very, very strongly Catholic and very much wanted us to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was very supportive of that. Uh, you know, atheism was like kind of a synonymous with the devil. Like it yeah, was well, like sort of, sure. it was almost like Satan worship. Yeah. You know, y- y- there was no explanation yeah, of what yeah. atheism you was. Had so a to say atheism to even today still has this connotation of, that's why especially I, for that's people why like I hitched up just then, I think. That's I know, why I was yeah. like, is that okay to call myself? Like, right. like kind of waiting for a pitchfork to come <laughs> yeah, in from man. the ground and, yeah. and, and stake me. Um, no, I know. I know. I could kind of sense that. I, I felt it. I mean, it's taken me a while too to sort of play around with But those. isn't that funny how it has those like long lasting psychological effects and it's just, it's just like a word. Well, you know, they, uh, you're, you know about Christianity from before you can form memory when you were raised mm-hmm. in, in the religion like right. that. You know what I mean? It's, the, it's, it's attached to our deepest primal instincts. It's yeah. very difficult to separate because, I mean, I knew about God before I even could remember that I knew about God at that right. time. You know, that's, yeah. that's interesting. And so, so you, uh, so, but what you're saying is, is that you're not, you worry a little bit or is worry, I'm not sure if worry is the right word, but you're concerned to some extent or you, it's so, a question that you think about. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, with your the son. benefit of being raised Catholic is that for better or worse, there's a lot, you know, I think, I don't think a lot of, well, I'm sure a lot of Catholics would disagree with this because people disagree with, with anything just having to do with religion at any point. Sure. But, it's a very, this is, is but a Catholicism subject. to me, you know, my, my experience with it not necessarily from like the way my parents acted or anything like that, but just sort of in the teachings and stuff. It's, it's, it's like, it's, you know, it's a very medieval feeling vibe there. And you do a lot of stuff out of like guilt. You do a lot, you know, you're told that you were born with the sin before you could even do anything that Mm -hmm. was sinful. And so you've got this sort of like thing hanging over you all the time of like, I just got to be a good person because I got to shake off this guilt or I got to get, you know, on, in God's good graces. I don't know how I got out of his good graces, but apparently I was born out of his good graces. That's mm. so awful. Uh, <laughs> I feel so bad about that. Um, so, you know, that's sort of like, a, I think that's a prevalent kind of a lot of underpinning to Catholicism. So you find yourself doing thing, doing good things, not necessarily because you want to, but because you feel like you have to. Um for whatever reason, the obligation is there. Yeah, it should. That's not how it fear. should be. You should want to be just a good person, and and I'm sure. Right. And, and that's. I'm not speaking for all Catholics or anything like that. It's just that was sort of my experience with it, or at least the way that I interpreted it. So yeah, I, I certainly can. So can that's like the one benefit. If we decided to just suddenly bring our son to a church, it's like, well, here, learn, learn that you need to be a good person, and it's a lot of pressure to be like, all right, well, we're not going to do that because we don't necessarily subscribe to the church and, and all that stuff. So how do we kind of get that across without making it feel like this is something he has to do, otherwise X, Y, and Z will happen to him? Um, and I think we're going to figure it out. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I guess I worry, but I'm not concerned. Yeah. You know, it's something that I want to make sure we do. Um, there's something called, like, the Virtues Book or something like that. There's there's something that we sort of... I feel like I've heard about when this. When we first got to, um, when we first put him in in daycare... At the school, they we went to like a, a 
couple week seminar thing um, where the it was basically saying like, hey, parents, you don't feel like raising your kids religious. How do you want to go forward? And there's this, uh, I think we got it. This is how great we are as parents. Like, I think we got that thing that would change my son's life. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's somewhere. But you kind of like settle in on like words. Sort of the cat litter. You settle in on words like um, like kindness or understanding or forgiveness and all these things. And you sort of like pick a word and be like, how did you exhibit that this week? You know, and we haven't really gotten in these conversations with him because he's just about to turn five. So I think it's. It's, t- it's coming up on time to like get into that, right? Just to sort of lay those foundations, um, but um, he's also turning out to just be a good kid. So I don't know what we did. Yeah, but. it's an interesting thing. I mean, you know, it speaks a lot. I think to us uh, or to people that have been raised in religion. And I, I can only, you know, you and I obviously start from a place of a deep familiarity. Yeah. I mean, you know, not only Roman Catholic, but raised in specific specific schooling together. So naturally, you and I were going to find like a sort of simpatico mm-hmm. friendship. But right. you know, uh, it seems to me to be something. Uh, familiar to a lot of people from different religions that like, you know, you just have this sense that if you're not somehow surrounding yourself with the the structural, um, some structural force that bends toward God in some way that you're like undercutting goodness mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. yourself or right, in, right. Your, in your children. And, and, and it actually gets at a very deep question, which is uh, how were morals and ethics um, conceive. Yeah. And, you know, I've come to believe that that's a very, um, it's an evolutionary trait, you know, um, philosophy and religion and these types of things are, are expressions of, of moral and ethical, um, uh, impulses Mm -hmm. and sort of like, you know, and, but you know, it's, it's fascinating because I certainly deal with these same questions, you know, talking to my wife about it, um, who was not raised in a a religious upbringing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this is a good place to take a pause. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to it. break we learned something absolutely fascinating and as a dear friend of rob's shocking frankly i had no idea that this not that i doubted you could do something like this or would do something like this but i had no idea you were were playing around with the idea uh so what are you gonna do before your 40th my goal is to get uh, my first tattoo uh before i i turn 40 gosh Uh, i can't wait to know all the details it's i mean it's not there's not much so many details I'm going to make up other details. I will say this, and then it'll, I'll be saying this. I'm like, I've decided to maybe get a tattoo before I turn 40, 45. You know, to it's gonna, ma- oh, is it to maybe? Is there still a maybe? No, no you've I, decided. I've decided. Okay. It's just about that final, like, get into the place and deal with the pain. Do you know what part of your body you want yeah, to be Yeah, my on? left forearm. Wow, so you want it out in public. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you say it like that, it makes me wonder. <laughs> well, I mean, you maybe know, there's I, two, there are different ways of looking at tattoos, this. right? Are they like a private well, thing? Well, I thought or about is it, it. Is it like I'm going to wear it? I thought about you know? it. I feel like for me, I feel like getting a tattoo on what? Where am I? Gonna, where else am I going to do it? Like on my bicep? I'm a skinny guy. Like I don't mm. want. It's got to look weird. Like I don't right. want to put. You're kind of bone everywhere. Like it's going to hurt yeah, no matter where yeah, you go. On my chest. <laughs> it's like if I put it on my chest. Where am I? Like over my heart on a bi- on like a, a pack. Right. If it's on your know. back, you never see it. Uh, yeah. Back yeah. is. I'm not putting it on like a leg. That's right. weird. Like. Right. It just felt like there weren't a lot of options. Right about what about right above your butt crack? Oh yeah, like um, and have it be kind of large and maybe yeah. just a butterfly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, or like I don't know, like Japanese, uh, 
you know, just writing, writing, yeah, like literature. Totally. It just okay. means a lot to me. Uh, <laughs> All right, okay, okay. So, so I was so toying with ideas, and then it finally came to me. Uh, I'm a big uh, fan of this movie called Predator. Oh yeah, uh, it I came out, this. I believe, in 1987. Oh, believe? Uh, oh, as if you don't know. I think it was. I get a little confused. Well, I watched uh, with our good friend Ian Gottler. We watched uh, Red Heat last night. Oh, you did. Schwarzenegger and Belushi. How Had wonderful. not seen that in a while. Did not hold up the way I was hoping it would. Um, very interesting. Walter Hill directed it, though. That was kind of anyway. Uh, I digress. So I want to get. So in the movie Predator, there's the, the titular Predator. Mm. It's a creature who hunts for sport from another planet. Mm-hmm. He comes across a. a Is it really just for sport? I forgot that because I had only watched it maybe once or twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, once or oh my god. I know. I know. I mean, for you, this is sacrilege. So at the end, this is why this is like this is why this is religiously valuable. I'm worried about spoiling the ending, you know, because it's a 32 year old movie and maybe people haven't seen it yet. But surprisingly, (laughs) you get far enough and no one has seen it. (laughs) So you know, yeah, there's a. But no, I say it's okay. Do what you must. It should be fairly obvious that when a predator, regardless of how strong or tall he is, goes up against Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's going to lose. Yeah, that's right. right. (laughs) <laughs> so when faced with uh, defeat, the predator uh, reaches over to his. Uh, he has all kinds of high tech gadgets, and he reaches over to his special little wrist uh, computer, and he types a bunch of shit into it. Oh wait, can I? I can't swear. No, no, you can. Oh. I, you can swear all the time. Oh great. Um, swear as much as you want. I didn't realize the where we were at. Right I think now. I dropped a couple of f bombs already. Oh okay. Uh, so anyway, he types a little mysterious uh, tippy typey into his uh, little wrist pad, uh-huh. and he sets off uh, a self destruct system. You know, because he's like, I'm oh, going yeah, out, yeah, I'm yeah, taking yeah, you yeah, with yeah. me. Right, he's right, like right. laughing at him. Uh-huh. Um, and, is this before he's taken uh, the mask? Using Sonny's voice. What? Has he taken the mask? Yeah, the mask is the off. Mask is off yeah, he's already right? been called an ugly motherfucker. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Which right, also right. might have prompted his self-destruction. Yeah, sure. He never thought about it before. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Arnold, that as he was dying, he was like, <laughs> ah! this ripped mud cake behemoth tells him he's ugly. He's like, all right, I never thought about that. I'm going to get you, asshole. So he types in this thing, and this digital code kind of like appears on his wrist. And that is what I want to get the tattoo of on my forearm really in a similar cool. spot. So it's like, you know, it's sort of like the red digital marks, but they're all like scrambled. And they're yeah. like, this is like predator language or something like that. But it's just like four panels that have the lip. And so right. They're like, uh, they're almost like, uh, like. It's like a scrambled uh, digital Hanging clock. Chad codes or something. Yeah. Are they, they're little like blocks and squares? Yeah, or? They're, they're like, if you looked at an old school red digital clock and you took the numbers and you like sneezed on them and they went pfft. And oh they yeah, flew yeah, all yeah. over the place. Then you've got sort of like the four different. That's rad. Will it be in red then? Yeah, red with maybe like black outline around each panel. That's very cool. That's very I cool. I think so. This is the last. This is what I needed. This is the last sort of like hump. I just had to talk about it on air. Good. Now, well, yeah. Now you're locked in, man. Because if I don't do it, the millions of fans that I have that's are right. all going to be <laughs> hitting me up. That's Those, exactly right. Yeah, the 400 people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, that is uh, some really juicy, wonderful stuff. But anyway, I, religion. Oh well, yeah. You know, I mean, I'll have I'll find the transition back. But I, I actually thought uh, so when I was young, I uh, and when I first started the fir- the dude I first started smoking pot with. This was all very secretive mm-hmm. uh, back when I was like sixteen. You know, yeah. I had to. I had like I was very compartmental. I compartmentalized friendships a lot because I think I was, I was at that time I was insecure about liking so many different things mm-hmm. and people you know clicky things are clicky yeah, yeah. in high school and i was like in different cliques and stuff but then also my parents you know were very uh antennas up about me doing drugs or mm-hmm. any of the kids yeah, doing yeah. drugs and thankfully i was the third child so like my two older brothers had sort of beaten them down a little bit but uh there is no so they, i was able to get away with some things but I was able, what I realized was like if I got good grades, they almost never questioned me. And then I met this dude uh, and I, we became friends and he was a big Marilyn Manson fan. Mm-hmm. Another 
devil oh, worshiping. Yep. This is a type of guy. I went to his concert and there were religious people out there protesting oh, yeah. the thing. Because he had like upside down, I feel like he did like upside down crosses and stuff. Like, yeah, he well, and care. this was his Antichrist Superstar Tour, which right. was very directly, right. you know, uh, you know, turning the... Mm-hmm. The reverence yeah, right for, for Jesus, yeah, yeah, he was, which is, and I at the time had no idea how to like really respect it. I just knew that it was like cool to go. Did do he this. have a, some sort of religious background? I'm wondering. To be honest with you, I don't know. I have Maybe to he imagine could be your second guest. Oh God, I would love that. Could be sweet. You, can you imagine? He's an awesome interview. How like, ridiculous it would be if that guy wanted to come on my show, having smart. never had my show in the public sphere oh, at yeah, all before. Yeah. That sounds great. I'll be there. <laughs> anyway, I get, I would imagine there is. Um, just because he's so uh, he was so deft at playing with like the iconography of all of that right, stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was such a, such an important part of his image. Yeah. At the at the time, you know, I was like, this is really cool to try to to try, you know, just to even enter into a sphere and realize, okay, so we're not dead. Like right. every, there hasn't been any lightning. There's no right. fire. Yeah. Um, I saw him like shatter a bottle on stage and then stab himself, and he cut and he cut his shirt off and then you realize he's wearing like a protective garter belt uh-huh. that's a pretty wicked image to yeah. watch a guy stab himself yeah. in front of you anyway i only say that because uh it was a really impressionable concert and that guy later my friend was like we should get tattoos of the antichrist superstar oh uh uh you know necklace right like we're like it was a necklace that we had and then it was like an image and it was kind of like uh it was almost like the acdc symbol it was kind of like uh it was i think it was the actual ac like the not font? the actual electro, like the electricity symbol. Like oh, the, the lightning bolt. The lightning yeah. bolt. Yeah. And um, and uh, I did not get the tattoo. No, okay. And our friendship did dissipate over uh-huh. time. Uh, he was a very sweet man, but you know, I went on to college and right. he stayed there. But uh, uh, but I never got the tattoo. But I it was the closest I probably ever came mm-hmm. to getting a tattoo. And I just don't see myself doing it. Although a friend of mine, um recently had a really beautiful and you know what this is going to be i see the transition and then later when i'm more experienced i'm not going to say i see the transition no i think you should let everybody know <laughs> that it's coming like a guy on a on an airport runway with the, with the radio host that's things. like oh i see what i'm about to do watch it this be pretty good <laughs> i imagine you'll like it so my dear teacher my dear like artistic director in college died about six years ago mm-hmm. she had uh, breast cancer and um her husband remains of one of my dearest friends and he i actually met my wife kind of through a chain of events through this man he, uh, you know we went to go visit i was visiting and through phyllis the my my teacher who's passed away um we was visiting her a lot during her last months and one night like you know she, she would obviously go to bed very early uh-huh. we all went out and got drunk and i met like one of my buddy's other friends who was a kind of more of a younger guy like, like more my age he was my age and um, and then, you know, whatever through him, I met my wife and, you know, these are very, this is a very important friend of mine from that time. He's very, he has a beautiful kind of reverence. He was actually, frankly, my first artistic mentor. And during his wife's final year, he got, um, some like poetry tattooed on himself. It was his mm. first tattoo at mm-hmm. the age of, you know, 55. Hey, all right. So like I got time. Oh yeah. You got time. All right, great. And, you know, the, the idea being that. Like, you know, these are things you're going to live with your whole life. And, yeah. and, and he lives with his wife now in this very specific way. He's like, he's like, he holds this moment. And so, you know, the transition is, um, do you think about, you know, does, does not being in a religious structure anymore make you think differently about death or 
um, heaven, hell. How will you, ex- I, you describe this stuff yeah, to yeah. your son? You know, have right. you had these questions yet? Like um, my son is younger than yours. So. He hasn't really gotten into what happens after because we also haven't really been talking about anything beyond what's in front of our face. Um, so I don't know if he's necessarily like thinking in those terms. Right. Um, but no, there was definitely like a slow transition. There was like a slow, it's ironic. There was a slow come to Jesus on, uh, <laughs> on science and nature and stuff like that because I, in death, uh, because it started with me being like, well, I know I'm not Catholic anymore. Um, I know that there's all these other religions. They're also great. I mean, you know, there's, there's great stuff in all of them. I was like, but man, what does this mean about my whole like heaven thing? Because I don't want that's what like, was your whole heaven thing? That there was something. <laughs> I was like, you know, I told myself like, look, there's got to be. I mean, this is all crazy. The the fact that all this has been made and fits together, there's got to be somebody behind it. You know, that was sort of the next sort of like transition into things. Um, so I think that there is something out there beyond, and that when we pass through, we'll pass on to another you know plane of something, and and so I kind of held on to that for a while. And uh, I think one time I was talking to my wife, and she was like, um, "No, I don't think. I think we're just gonna we die, and then that's it." I mean, that seems to be the that seems to be the most logical thing. I was like, "Oh crap!" Because I, <laughs> I think I've been like like circling circling that for a long time, and just wanted it to be like, "No, oh, it's gonna be the thing where you finally go up, and you get to see dinosaurs, and you know all these other <laughs> you get things. to ride dinosaurs." Yeah, it's like you know you get to meet all your people that you wanted to meet. You know, uh, so. You get to show everyone your predator tattoo. <laughs> um, so, how long ago was this? Uh, when you like, do you remember? Like, this is before Elliot was this born. Is, yeah, this is probably um, seven, seven years ago, something like that. And so, something about this conversation is really memorable because it feels like it's like a watershed moment where well, you're I, like, okay, because I think that was the, like, the sort of the last domino to fall. Right? It was like, well, if I don't believe all these other things, then why would I believe that suddenly we're all having like a party afterwards? And right. it's like. Honestly, the more I would watch David Attenborough, BBC America, you know, like all the the Planet Earth stuff, it's like it's this cycle of life and death, and you know, that's what it is. To me, again, to me, I'm not saying yeah, no. I mean, look, anything else, but you're on the show to talk about right. yourself. You're yeah, not preaching. Yeah, so it just it, it it's like sad to me in a certain way, but I think I'm starting to find more beauty in in it because honestly, one thing it does is it makes you realize like, oh, well, shit, this is all this yeah. is it. I better like get cracking. And, I think that's a beautiful discovery. And, and then also just sort of like, this is, you know, this is how it was all made. Now, I don't know, like, it is still impressive to me that all this exists around us and beyond into, you know, into space and all that stuff. Like, everything that, that exists in what you would call nature is, like, mind-blowing. And yeah. so I know that there's the whole, like, intelligent design concept and all that stuff. I don't know anymore. If, I think that's what I had sort of fallen into. Um, that's basically what I just described. But... But and then at a certain point I was like I don't know even if that's a thing I think right. I think for me God is just like when I think of the word now I don't think about a guy in a beard uh, and a robe and you know like yeah, in yeah, the far yeah. side I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like I I think of it as just like the reminder of everything that's around us and how beautifully it all sort of like fits together um, like the good things and the bad things right and then that is like that is God you know the that sort of um, just the natural wonder of it all. Yeah. Um, not somebody beautiful. who's making decisions or somebody who's watching whether or not you're going to score a touchdown you know, right. stuff like that. Um, right. And there's also a deep, and yet at the same time, there's this deep mystery, right? Mm-hmm. At the core. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the question will always go back and back and back and back. And like, you know, um, this is a, a domain of philosophers, right? What, what, so then 
if there's a God, what comes before God? Who right. made God? Right, you right. know, and so, you know, we can the the word God is is an interesting one to sort of give only. It's like it's it's an interesting word to give over only to the domain of a specific type of God, right? right. Like the word God feels bigger to me. I'd like to almost win that word back. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's got no, isn't there. You Never. know, yeah. yeah, there's no way, but yeah. I mean, but like, this is why we're dancing around things like atheist, but the soul, right. or I'm yeah. spiritual, but not religious. Right. And, you know, we, we struggle to find what it means to have reverence for the mystery of the entire, of the universe and right. of life in general. But yet we, we want to use the word God because it feels, that's what feels powerful. Yeah. At least for those of us that were raised with it. I, mm-hmm. I look forward to talking more with people that the times I've had conversations with people that don't use the word God, I find very interesting to me. Like they don't have reverence for the word, you know? Right. The word was very, well, that was, was instilled a great deal of reverence in me when I was young. Well, that was definitely a thing that I remember just in, when I would write like a text message to somebody or an email, probably more emails. Cause this is probably predates text messaging, right. uh, but, but or letters. I, which I remember the shift. I remember writing letters. Yeah. I remember as a, as a sort of like, yeah, uh, with my feathered quill. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember may, at some, a certain point kind of having to make the decision of whether or not I was going to capitalize God when I wrote it. Because now at this point, I, it's like a word. Right. Know? Interesting. And, and, and if, I don't, if I'm not suddenly worried about wrathful vengeance and I'm not suddenly worried about heaven or hell then what is it why am i capitalizing this this three letter word right um so i stopped oh interesting because it was like it's just another word it doesn't make sense to capitalize i don't know like was that did know, it feel like a oh, go ahead what were you well i was going to say in a way i think it was just like taking a stand in a way and that, yeah, and that sounds more that. that sounds like I, i'm a revolutionary but it's not what i'm saying it's just more like this is helping cement my own beliefs on this matter um these are and, the personal these are the things we do in our private life that we live that we live by things yeah. that we live by that are reminders and cues to ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, so I just, I just lowercased it. Yeah. That's really like interesting. That. I still capitalize it. I think, uh, I don't, I hadn't thought about it. I'm not sure if I, I, I really have a lot of like, I have a lot of interest and respect for your thought in doing that. I'm not sure if that's something that bumps me in that way, but right. I, but I, uh, I like it. Like yeah. I like, I mean, I certainly have done that stuff in my life too. You know, that, that way of how do you do the, the regimen of life so that you are reinforcing for yourself the decisions that you right. live by? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what ways do you, I mean, do you have ways that, uh, rituals in your life that you feel like have some sort of spiritual or divine component to them. Um, and this, I mean, obviously this doesn't fit into any prior right. structure of what we would have called divine or spirituality. Like, you know, the terms are your own now, right? It yeah. could be like, obviously to some extent it's like a predator tattoo, yeah, you yeah. know, which is an identity. It's something about, it's something about adhering to a certain part of your love and identity, you know, which is not your entire self, right, but there's right. something there. It's close. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I look, I always want to, I always tell myself I should be meditating more and being more, you know, mindful. I mean, there was a big, uh, another big, uh, turning point for me was, uh, in my mid twenties, I guess, you know, your twenties are just an emotional. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. F- fucking. Uh, I'm so glad I closed out twenties in therapy. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I was so fucking brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. I mean, we're all super selfish. I was, I'm, everyone's I'm so just, insecure about yeah, so many yeah, things. Like everyone's, I think that insecure running rampant. It's anyway, funny. It's like, yeah, when you're in your twenties, you're like, I am a, finally, I'm an adult. Yeah. And then you get, you start approaching your forties. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, but 
uh, a friend of ours, uh, Nicholas Masu. Oh who, yeah, who you should have oh on. My God, I can't wait to bring he Nicholas, would be, Nick yeah. on. Yeah. So anyway, he um, he gave me uh, Eckhart Tolle. He gave me the Power Now, like the the, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. audio book of it. And I just started listening to it. And thankfully, I just started listening to it before a bunch of horrible uh, personal things started to go down. So it kind of helped me like work with all that stuff. Um, and that was like another sort of like, because he's great when he talks about things like God and he talks about things like he, he spent a lot of time in that first book talking about Jesus, but just in terms of like, here's what I think Jesus was actually talking about. Not literally being like, I am the son of God, mm. but rather like we all are the son of, you know, like sort of, he exploded it all a little bit and made it all, um, like relatable and and sort of there was like a lot of like light bulb moments for me in that in that book and and the, his future works after that especially his soothing German voice. It's just I, really... I actually don't know Eckhart Tolle all that well, uh, surprisingly, and mm. it reminds me as I talk to you that actually I've written it down that I have to read the book because I I feel like I've gotten this information from other works, but that he's a very important one, especially to. Oh, I'm sure he's saying about. yeah. I'm sure a lot of them are orbiting the same concepts, or that he's influenced others that yeah, I've read, right, you know, right, or whatever so, that is. So through through that, you know, I had definitely uh, gotten into a phase of trying to like meditate more often, um, try to just sort of be aware of the current of the present moment, which is a very Buddhist thing. Um, those are the ways that I should be, that I want to be more uh, spiritual and have a routine, and I'm terrible at, about it. Um, why, but, what do you? Why, why? I mean, you're being funny, but why? Why do you think you're terrible I'm not doing at it? Because I'm not doing it because it's so easy to fall out of um, the moment. And it's so easy to get in your head and start thinking about like everything else in your life. Yeah. Um, and you, just on a surface level of busyness, you don't have time to sit down and close your eyes and sit quietly for even like five minutes. Where I'm, where I'm, I'm sure that I do. Right. Like the amount of times I'm looking at this phone. Oh uh, yeah. If I just didn't do that in a day, I'd have like an hour of just right. peaceful meditation. And then um, screw off football season, right? I mean, come on, fantasy football. Well, yeah, season we'll is talk brutal. about yeah the fall. <laughs> uh, there will be no, 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 no meditation. No, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, but I guess my question is, and this is because this is something that I'm I'm curious about too. Is I wonder. And I'm not saying that this is entirely the case, but I'm going to pose this to you. Is People say we should be meditating more. There's nothing wrong. Obviously, the idea is beautiful, and if it fits mm -hmm. in your life in a way that feels really important. Mm -hmm. But meditating can be a lot of different things, you know? And what does it mean to meditate for you? And I guess my question is, first, when you talk about the meditation you're talking about, that Eckhart Tolle is talking about, do you feel like you're enhanced? Or yeah. oh, do, you yeah. feel a, do you feel a sort of vibrant benefit yeah. when I you mean, actually do take the time to do it? Yeah. So I mean, you are very specifically talking about, like, I wish I would give this to myself more. And then, uh, but but you don't do it enough. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Because I, I, you feel like a physical benefit to it. You feel a mental benefit to it. Um, it's great. And then the only other thing I would say to, to that, answer that, your question there about spiritual practices or, or stuff like that would be, like, I, I, and this is definitely because I'm an only child, but, um, like, spending time with my friends is, like, the is, like, for me, it's, the most rejuvenating thing. So, you know, because like right now, so I live in New Orleans for the show. I'm out here for a week um, to take a couple meetings, but honestly to like see everybody that I don't get to see right. 10 months out of the year, um, if not more. Right. And so like I already feel, the way that I feel now versus how I felt when I landed on Saturday afternoon is like I feel like a completely new, happier person. Shouldn't necessarily want to like hang my hat on that and be like, this is the only way I could be happy. <laughs> uh, no, the... That's a, that's a really beautiful and like thought-provoking point. So let's talk about that right after the break. 
So right before the break, uh, Rob was talking about how meaningful it is, how much weight he puts on or how much sort of love and relief he gets from being with his friends, uh, spending time with friends. Mm -hmm. Not to say that he doesn't love his wife and child. No, they're cool. <laughs> but but um, he, he alluded to the fact that, you know, they're like brothers and sisters to him. He's an only child. And I sort of, I just had a little question about that, you know, and, and I'd like you to spit it into, um, you know, talking a little bit about what that means. You were saying that you, how, imp you said specifically, the difference of the way I feel right now compared to a few days ago yeah, when yeah. I got here, having not seen my friends for months yeah, and having sort of been locked in the rhythm of work and family mm -hmm. and raising a child, which I know is very, yeah. can be very trying and monotonous at times, despite all the love you're having and right. joy you're experiencing. Right, right. It can be very, very difficult. And so now you get this moment of relief. You get to play with your friends. You get to, to, to hang out. You get mm -hmm. to get thoughtful. Um, and what does it mean that and, and, and do you feel like you've always been that way, having never had siblings? Do you feel like you were oh, like yeah, that for as sure. a child? For sure. I mean, I, I, was, I was always uh, uh, comfortable uh, comfortable in being an only child, I should say. And I don't mean that in a uh, the stereotypical, like, of course you were, because you had all the toys. Mm -hmm. Like, because I think that's a bunch of bullshit. But um, I was fine with it. I think I asked my parents once when I was 10, I was like, hey, you guys want to have another kid or something? And they, like, <laughs> laughed in my face. And that was the end of that. <laughs> And because I, because the thing was that I had enough friends and was able to ride my bike to wherever and meet that, meet up with them and hang out with them, and so that just carried through as I got older and went through high school and did theater with all these jokers, and then got to USC and uh, legitimately, by the way. Oh yeah, ha. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, terrible. Poignant. Yep. Uh, <laughs> when people listen to this in a year, they won't know what I'm saying. No, they'll know. The news cycle have destroyed it. <laughs> they've been um, doing. They've been. That's right. No, uh, the USC. Well, there'll be some other There's scandal be at USC for so long. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, um, that's going to go on a long time. So, so anyway, it, it all just carried through, and I, I don't know if it has to go back. If it goes back to the, um, the thing about being in the moment or whatever, but I don't know when when I'm with my friends. And we're just making each other laugh and stuff like that. It's not that I'm; it's making me ignore everything else that's going on, but it just feels like you're locked into that present moment and like enjoying it. Especially when you, you know, I'm very blessed to have the friends that I have. Uh, everyone's like hilarious and everyone's really creative, and so so time spent with all of them is like rejuvenating because you yourself are being forced to be hilarious and creative and all these things that are things that I value and hope you know want to be. Um, and so it's just a great, um, it's just a great time, man. Yeah, man. Well, it's an interesting thing too. Like it is a feedback loop, it, feedback loop. If you're, especially if you have the right group of friends, um, yeah. and you know, people experience this, uh, we all grow through this and hopefully everyone grows through it in a positive way. Not everyone does, obviously, mm -hmm. um, people fall into the wrong groups, but, um, certainly with the group of friends that I know that we share together and the group of friends that I know I yeah. have separate yeah. that I grew up with, um, it's an amazing moment because it's also a moment of choice, right? It's an expression of who you are and what you love. The, yeah. the friends that you choose are, are part of your identity in a direct way well, because they're reflections of your right, identity. Right, and to get super hippie about it, it's like you said it's like it's the love. That yeah. God, it's, it's all good. If I you're on God and other delicacies, <laughs> bro. Man, sometimes I hate myself. Uh, but yeah, it is honestly. It's like that's that's probably if you were to like boil it down to its most uh, pure emotional thing. It would be love. Like, and that that is the closest thing that I can feel to God. Then 
yeah. Um, yeah, is is that emotion that I have towards the people in my life that I love, right? I mean, obviously I have it with my family too, but um, but yeah, I don't know. There's just like a different energy, and it, it's uh, it's well worth it. To, yeah. You know. So, um, again, beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I, I had a question about uh, your. The, the different dynamic between because now so you don't have any brothers or sisters no so you have a deep relationship an even deeper relationship to your parents yeah. um, because they they aren't siblings I don't have any experience with this this is where you and I are entirely different because yeah, I'm in yeah. the middle of five kids right uh, there was almost no direct FaceTime with my parents right, I mean I right. have a, a few select beautiful moments my parents were very present mm-hmm. but a few select beautiful moments where I got to have private time like yeah. you know oh, my yeah. dad coming That's crazy on a camping trip that was just with me and my group you know yeah. my Boy Scouts or whatever right, right. Indian guide is right. what we used to call it, which is probably not problematic. Co- probably, <laughs> probably not uh, politically correct yeah. to say anymore. <laughs> wow! And then well, you were in the Midwest. You yeah. guys get another couple years. Well, I was. Yeah, we grew exactly so true. Right, the, the it takes a long time to get it, to like, the center. It starts on the coast and then it just slowly closes. The internet in on you has like made that a little bit more rapid. Yeah. It wasn't just like it used to just be the news cycle, yeah. but but uh, no, totally. Um, but yeah, man. So you know, you had clearly it sounds, or at least. I shouldn't say clearly. It sounds to me that you had a type of relationship with your father that seemed to maybe be a bit more on a friend level, like a certain type of, you know, at least a freedom to express thoughts in a way that didn't feel like you were threatening him or you felt threatened. But it sounds like maybe your mother was a bit more oversensitive to some of these. And I, you know, again, this is sort of like maybe bordering on therapy unless God. But, no, it's but the same thing. But it's kind of like uh, the thought being... You know, how did those different relationships sort of influence you in a way um, or cross over into this idea of like what family structure is? Right, and, right. You know, how does it, d- identifying relationships? Um, I have no insight into that. Yeah, right. No, I mean, I would say it's a little bit different than, than what, what you sort of ascertained. It, it, I had an incredibly close relationship with them because, again, the only child thing. Um, there were some key years where my dad lived. Uh, in Connecticut while well, we lived in Massachusetts because his job was like a three-hour... It would be a three-hour commute. Wow. Um, so he only came home on weekends. So, yeah. So he had an apartment. That's tough. That's like... He, was he like had an apartment in Connecticut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so I spent a lot of time with my mom. Um, and so we got super close. Um, I was super close with my dad too, but I think I think if you're talking about like who's more like the friend and who's more the parent, it would be like my mom was more the one who I'd be like, I don't know, I like this girl, but she doesn't like me. Oh, wow. How fascinating. But of course, my mom being my mother and, uh, you know, all the sort of stereotypes there, I was like... Um, she does like you. She's just acting like she doesn't like you because that's how girls are or something oh, like that. Oh, that's you know? great. So, yeah, it's great. It also, it was uh, fairly destructive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she was coming from a good place, so I don't hold it against her. But um, but definitely when it, but my dad was always more of the sort of the practical, uh, in a lot of ways, not every way, um, but the practical kind of like, he was more, he wasn't stern, but he was just more like the, whatever, you know, about everything. Um and so, like, less emotion than than my mom. So when this religion stuff came up, and he was he came up from the more practical side of like, well, just get confirmed, and then honestly do whatever you want. And I had, and my mother didn't want to hear about it. And and then there was definitely a Thanksgiving that happened in my earlyish twenties when I had really just like solidified everything, where I was like, guys, I, I'm not, I'm not Catholic. I don't know. Like somehow it came up, and I was like, that's just not what I am. And and. I know my mother heard it because she was looking right at me. and to, But to this day, like four days ago when I came out here, before I saw her, like I dropped my car off with them because they live in New Orleans now. And, and they, my dad took me to the airport. 
my mom's like, just make sure to say your three Hail Marys and wow. I'll say mine. And it's just like, okay. I'm like, I don't even say anything anymore wow. because it's, it gets, yeah. you know, it gets, and it gets back to like, you're talking about literally uttering spells. Yeah. You're talking about protective spells of magic that will keep my plane from crashing. Right. Um, which I just don't think is high on God's priority list. No, uh, it's, it seems hard to believe that. And yet it's such a, it's such a fascinating aspect of, of just humans, right? Like yeah. this desire to, to have control over the unknown. Right. You and know? just more, and my, you know, if we're talking about my specific relationship with my parents, you know, I think my mom's big on traditions and obviously religion's like the biggest tradition. Uh, you know, it spans hundreds, if not thousands of years, depending on the one you're talking about. And, uh, and for her, it was an idea, the idea of change, especially in that way, is not, she can't, you know. Did you baptize your son? Uh, no. So did she have any comments about that? Or No, I'm sure she did to somebody. Yeah. Not to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and your dad is like, has remained the pragmatist, like, not, much. This, this doesn't ruffle his feathers. Yeah. It'll be curious not to go dark with this, but it'll be curious as they get older and as, you know, they start to get to the finish line there, how they want to be how they want to go about like how, how if things change or how if they end up coming back to the church more than they are now, like, cause right, as far as I know right now, they're not going, they, they don't go to mass really much at all, but I don't want to speak for them. Cause I don't, we never talk about it. Cause anytime we talk about it, my mom ignores anything I say. Right, right, right. Um, do you, do you find, so you kind of mentioned earlier, like, and I certainly have this experience with my wife, which is that, um, she has been an, an amazing, I think if you choose the right partner in your life, you have just an amazing stabilizing force. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Like, yeah, yeah. my oh, being sure. with her has allowed me to have, like, to really truly express freely, like, the kind of thing that I really am. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and I imagine it's been that way with you and your wife. And, um, and I wondered, what is her background with religion? And is, and she seemed so in, in the story you told earlier about her being like, no, I'm pretty sure we all just die and it's yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah. And like, she seemed like maybe she didn't have any, uh, she didn't come up with any sort of like overbearing guilt so, of religion. So maybe she comes out of it or maybe so that was all just like independent work. It was basically, uh, she, her family, uh, her grandfather was a missionary. Wow. Yeah. Um, but, um, where in Thailand. Wow. And, uh, I think primarily in Thailand, but I think maybe also in India because they spent time time there. Um, so all was of her, he a native of that area, or was no, he a native no. of the United States? He was from, and he, and yeah, he would he's be a from the Midwest, there. and he went out wow. and, and he went out there. Wow, fantastic! Um, and uh, super nice guy, still alive. He's like ninety, early nineties, I think. His her grandfather. Wow. And um, you know That's they cool. had they had like four kids, five kids, but also adopted another one. And most of my wife's um, aunts and uncles, I think, retained. Uh, some semblance of of religion. I, I can't remember which one it is. Episcopalian, maybe. I can't remember the exact. It's a Protestant in the Protestant branch. Okay. Of things. Yeah. Um. And uh. But but my mother in law, uh, bailed and went Buddhist. Like full on went Zen Buddhist. Like I am a Zen Buddhist. Okay. But but but, Angeli. Uh, was going to church. Like that. That was a little later. Like Angeli was going to church. So I'm sorry. First, I just just to follow. Yeah. You're, her grandfather had a daughter who is your mother-in-law. Yes. And she, she as far she, as I know, she's the only one of that, of the aunts and uncles and, you know, whatever that, the sisters. That, that, that generation. The brothers and sisters that, that, that veered off. Okay. Um, so they've remained pretty, like, obviously he's a missionary. They yeah. take, many of them took on his devotion yeah. to some level. Yes. And she was the only one that actually yeah. broke off but, from but, it. But, but, but. 
But my mother-in-law went to like uh, some sort of seminary school. Like she was in it for a while. And then I think when my wife was like 10 or 12, something like that, she finally, she, she bailed. Um, that's, that's the story of my wife's family. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the, you know, the last, you know, just kind of since we're tying it up here, I mean, you know, your wife then took like uh, some sort of, she must have, she must have taken a page from your mother's sort of rebellious spirit to some extent Did you, or your mother-in-law's rebellious I spirit? I think so. I think she just there? also kind of came to the same, you know, she obviously didn't have as intense an upbringing in it as, as I did just in terms of the difference between the way that, or maybe they were Lutheran, whatever. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. Way. So, um, I, I, yeah, I honestly, I don't know what, exactly when and how she just sort of, but I think high school, you know, we all got into punk music and we all just like, <laughs> yeah, started yeah, yeah. thinking about other things and, you know, expanding our mind. That's why I love her so much is that she's able to sort of like think from a bunch of different perspectives and just landed on that one. Buddy, it is such a joy talking yeah. to you. Like Thanks, this, man. it's so nice to kick this off with a, a friend um, that I feel so familiar with. We can have these conversations just outside of a radio show, but it's really beautiful for you to come on and share, and I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. It was a lot of it was a lot of fun. I think it was good. It's good to like that you had somebody that was also Catholic. I feel like the fact that sure. we had the similar sort of like semi adjacent childhood so that we could then have a reference point to branch off to. I'm yeah. excited to see where you go with other people who didn't have this like the slightly shared Me too. early years. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be I good. have no idea. Yeah, no, it's going to be awesome. But it's all going to be good in its different way, yeah. you know, but it's, it's just wonderful to have you here. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And lots of love and thank you to you all for listening. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Yeah.